Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Oh, Just yeah. a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who uh, bring you lots on clips five days a week. 7 a.m. You can listen to it. It comes out every morning. Greenwich Mean? Uh, no. <laughs> Pacific. It's, yes. it, it's 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, anyways, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We're going to kick things off with a preview. Clippers are taking on the Nuggets. This one, I mean, some pretty big implications. A hard game and a hard home stand. And we have just, a, you know, another four down. So we're going to talk about <laughs> Possibly it. Possibly five. Ugh. One is questionable. But we will get into that. Uh, we'll talk about what we need to do well as well as what could go wrong in that one. Give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at. And then it's Thirsty Thursday. We're talking who and what we're thirsty for. A lot of this is going to be kind of talking about this recent addition of the Clippers. If you missed it somehow. Oh, yeah. DeMarcus Cousins uh, pursued, by, pursued by the Clippers. So pretty much going to be a thing. It seems pretty pretty Protocols. official at this point just yeah. the way it's been uh reported but you know we'll we'll let you know if anything changes and then in shavings we're kind of just talking former clippers <laughs> x clips fast lou will had a great interview uh oh yeah set a little sad but we're For gonna sure. talk about that and then jj reddick also former clipper uh was kind of <laughs> done dirty by the math so <laughs> yeah. he uh he flamed on his way out yeah. or the pels yeah. sorry uh so this episode gotta let you know is brought to you by locker room oh, you yeah. can download the locker room app from the ios app store and find one of our locked on rooms locker room changing the way we talk sports you are locked on clippers your daily los angeles clippers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right clippers versus nuggets that looming stretch in april is here that we've talked about um man out for the clippers paul george ruled out uh on wednesday which doesn't feel good patrick reveille rajon rondo serge Ibaka. Marcus Morris is questionable. Questionable, yeah. Which he was last game, and he ended up not playing. Yeah. What are we, where are we at, before we kind of get into what we need to do well, where are we at with this? Where I'm at is, I mean, obviously for seeding purposes and, you know, to get some matchups against potential playoff opponents, I would love to have these guys back. But the PG thing, if it's still, if it's still stemming from that edema injury, Mm -hmm. It's nothing to mess around with. We like just got to sit. You're looking at if it's worse, and that's a stress fracture. And then, yeah. I mean, like, and then we're, and then yeah. we're done. We're toasted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as Bev goes, you know, he's getting up there in age. It makes sense that it, he, what's the point in bringing him back half back? We've seen yeah. that when he's not at full capacity. I mean, we saw him in the, you know, in the playoffs for last sure. year when he probably wasn't at full health. Uh, no, there's no way he was. Didn't look that good. Yeah. To be perfectly for sure. honest with you, Rondo, um, <laughs> just get healthy, I guess. I am of the opinion that he's maybe doing as much sort of off the bench, just being with the team oh, as yeah. maybe his role Assistant will be coaching. in the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, a good call. I, I mean, depending, you know, he could have a bigger role, of course. Uh, but I, I think that a lot of his, a lot of his usage and utility comes from you know, just sort of dissecting what's happening on the court, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's sure. what you get Rondo for. You yeah. get it for the the big basketball yeah. brain. <laughs> and then Serge has no timeline. Which not even in five on fives, apparently. No, thankfully we signed Boogie Cousins, but yeah, the surge thing just get healthy, I guess. So what do we need to do well in this one to come away with a shorthanded dub? Let's move the ball well. All right. You know, Um, the Nuggets allow 26 assists per game to their opponent, which is 28th in the league. The Clippers average 24. So if we get above that, I think we're going to have to be above that to get a win in this game with all these guys out for sure. Yeah. Um, we got to get those paint touches mm-hmm. and then get it out just kind of like we have been doing over this stretch. I, people just need to throw that magic game out of their mind in terms of how this team's been playing. And this is, I mean, they're an almost bottom 10 defensive rating team. 
They're yeah. a very, very good team, but I hope we get to see some flurries in this one from deep. I just hope it doesn't come too early. Yeah, teams are also shooting the ball pretty efficiently against the Nuggets. So we need to knock down shots, really, is yeah. the big thing. Uh, opponents are shooting nearly 55% against the Nuggets. From the field? Yeah. Jesus. <clears throat> Which is, yeah, it's in the, the bottom there. The, That's not the, good. <laughs> of the NBA. <laughs> so we got to make those looks connect. The Nuggets are giving up a lot of three-point attempts per game. They're giving up 36 per game, which Give is all. We in, need the, them. You know, in the bottom <laughs> 10 in the, in the league uh, in terms of high attempts. So, uh, I mean, teams are shooting a little bit worse than league average from three yeah. against the Nuggets, uh, but we are the best you know, jump shooting team in the league. Ever, so, girl, <laughs> ever. So let's show it. We're definitely going to need it. Um, oh, yeah. It's you know, it's going to go a long way towards breaking down uh, that Nuggets defense, which we've already alluded to, is a little soft. And then the other big thing for me is just try to push the pace when it's available. It's so weird. These are two of the slowest teams. It's 29th versus 26th. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> slow teams. However, the Clippers def- transition defense, to me, has looked a lot better, especially in that Bucks game. Yeah. We didn't give them anything yeah, on the fast break. for sure. Uh, and the Nuggets are giving up 13 points a game on the fast break, which is, once again, bottom 10 in the NBA. Now, Gordon might help to stabilize this a little bit. Yeah. But this is the kind of marginal thing that we need to attack to get a win. We need these. We need every margin victory, basically. Which begs the question, how good do Reggie and Terrence have to be to get us a win in this game? They, I say really, that because really they, along with Luke Kennard, are really the only people who consistently push the pace. Well, and Terrence is such an outlier on that, too. Like, we, if you look at the the team's attempts at the rim they've skyrocketed ever since terrence man has been in the, <laughs> has been in the lineup so definitely terrence has to be his best on both sides of the ball yeah which we're going to talk about in key matchups hopefully but, we get some better efficiency out of reggie and Kennard. Yes. uh they both had decent games numbers wise last game uh but the the efficiency just wasn't really there that goes well into this what could go wrong that i have if morris can't play the three-point shooting success is really concentrated yeah on not very many players. PG and Mook are one and two in three-point attempts for the Clippers. So, Rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. So Reggie, Luke, Kawhi, and Batum kind of have to distribute those missing attempts. And so hopefully someone gets hot because we're going to have a bunch of attempts, right? Like if the ball's moving, we're going to have 36 or whatever it is. So we need efficient Reggie. We need Reggie to be told he's starting right before the ball is thrown <laughs> to the tip-off is what we need. Um, they shouldn't have announced Paul George so early. And Luke is going to be starting too. It most so, likely, yeah. Unless Morris is back. Very true. Um, yeah, we just we just need those guys to just be efficient, which is going to be harder if they have a lot. If Mook is out, yeah, it's going to make it a lot harder volume-wise. Another kind of marginal spot that we could lose is if we give up a lot of second-chance opportunities to the Nuggets. Yep. Uh, we let the Magic get the better of us in that regard. They're a much worse offensive rebounding team than the Nuggets are. The mm-hmm. Nuggets are top 10 in offensive rebounding percentage. They're grabbing nearly 30% of, avail- of available offensive rebounds, which is That's a, lot. a lot. That's a lot. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully, Zoo can kind of box out here, do some work on that end of the floor. We're currently enjoying a top two uh, opponent offensive rebound percentage, so we're not oh. allowing opponents a lot of offensive rebounds, which... Sometimes when you watch the games, that's not immediately apparent, but we're up there in Big allowing... Zoo helping out. Yeah, we're up there in allowing the fewest opponent off-bound uh, opponent <laughs> offensive rebounds <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of a That's a mouthful right there. Um, yes. Paint defense. Another yes. thing that just watch for it. Uh, their top... Nuggets are top three in assists per game so far this season, and that comes from having one of the best distributors in the game in uh, Nicole oh, yeah. Jokic. 
They're middle of the road in terms of three-point attempts and two-point attempts, but their percentages are both top five for those. So if we hold them below their three-point attempt average, I like that as a margin to look for. I like that too. Right? Yeah, definitely. Like, and I'm not sure. You have a note in here about depth. So that's they the, got a whole mess of it. Over that, there. That's <laughs> the big thing. I, I mean, that could go wrong. Is we just can't hang with their depth. We had trouble against the Magic playing twelve dudes. Who I, I mean, could you pick most of them out of a lineup? Terrence Ross, yes. I didn't say all of them. Not I said, a lot could of you other pick, people. Though. Could you pick yeah. the majority of them? Yeah. Uh, so the Nuggets did lose a little bit of depth at the deadline, but they're still really yeah. stacked. They ran kind of a weird nine-man rotation against the Sixers. Uh, I'm not fully sure what the impetus was behind that, but they still have some interesting players. Even in that nine-man rotation, they have Compazzo, who is <laughs> a really inefficient shooter and not a defender, but a gifted passer. Every team needs a foreign-born, flashy passer. I just think they, the Nuggets have two. I know I, that that puts them at a pretty crazy advantage. Uh, you know, PJ Dozier, he's just under averaging 10 points per game, so he's definitely good for double digits off the bench. Paul Millsap, solid vet, both ends at the floor. And that every Clipper fan knows what Michael Green can do. Yeah, that, uh, that's going to be a little bittersweet. Um, key matchups. The biggest one in this one is how do we contain? What do we do with Jokic? Do we let him score all the points? So that's kind of what I'm wondering is instead of throwing him multiple bodies and, and letting him have the opportunity to either score, which he can do on two defenders. And will. Or, you know, or pass. Or do we just sort of, you know, stack him up against Zoo, see what Zoo can do. Uh, and, and, you know, limit Jokic's other opportunities to run the offense. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I guess it's I'd just rather... It's damned if you do, damned if you don't, I feel like. I guess I'd rather... I don't want open threes from the Nuggets, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I don't... Limiting those assists, I think, is huge. That's I think, like, forcing good. Jokic to do everything... I mean, he's going to limit what he can, his already somewhat limited skill set on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't let other guys get in rhythm. And that Zoo's going to have such a, Zoo needs to be at his his best Zoo. The fouling is going to be really crucial for him. <sighs> if we get two early fouls on Zoo. It's going to be a rough one, night. This one might be a wrap. It's going to um, be a rough night. Backup guards versus Jamal Murray. Okay. This is also pretty pivotal, yeah. right? Like. I'm hoping Terrence Mann can step up. He's been assigned some tough covers I like see, throughout the season. I could see Terrence Mann kind of maybe having a little bit, of, maybe thriving a little bit in this matchup. We'll I see. hope so. He stepped up recently, which has been great um, on both ends. But I mean, if Jamal Murray's getting penetration, then you got to help off him. Then you got to deal with Jokic. Like, again, it just goes all back to the paint defense. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And then, I mean, I keep talking about it throughout this thing, but the, the big thing we need to do is just sort of like attack their weak points, try to win on the margins in this one. Offensively, this is going to mean getting Kawhi or really whoever switched on to Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that's Kawhi, the, needs to, Kawhi needs to carry the load in this one. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's going to be their biggest hole. But I mean, like, I think that Terrence Mann will probably be able to blow by Porter. I, you know, I think that we have some guys who, if we can get that switch, it's going to be pretty favorable. Um, and then defensively, you know, like we were saying, I, I don't know 100% what is the best solution to do in terms of Jokic, but I feel like... What about this? We play six guys on the court at once. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Not, I don't know why people don't do it. Toss the, rec, the, toss the ref a couple bucks? Get Ty Lue a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> play your coach. What's your prediction for this one? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> with the current situation, just health-wise, I'm thinking we drop this one. It's not an unwinnable game by any means, but by no means. it is a very difficult one. Yes, Kawhi is going to have to be 
I mean, we're going to have to have elite performances from Kawhi, definitely, and then one and a half other guys. I think it's more than that. I think we need, like, I mean, because, you know. We need the best version of Reggie. We need the best version of Reggie and then a strong game from. Zoo. A strong game from Zoo, a strong game from Man, and probably a strong game from Kennard. And like Batum. Batum's yeah. got to be efficient in this one. Ooh, I'm excited, though. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. Um, it's a good matchup. Good matchup. Coming up, we're going to be talking the Bookie Cousins signing. He's a Clipper now. But first, we're very excited to tell you about a new podcast that we think you're really going to love called Death at the Wing. Oh, what's it about? It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, writer and director of The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. Huh, I like one of those. Fair. 1980s basketball saw players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J becoming household names, bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along the way the, to wealth and stardom, the excess of the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history of any sport have we seen so many who are ready to become stars face tragic deaths in such a short time frame. McKay is joined by sports journalists and experts who lived through these moments in history to explore this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. If you love The Last Dance or 30 for 30, but you thought that it needed more stories about death, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcast to start listening. Okay, so we're back with Thirsty Thursday. And really, I mean, the big thing here is we've been talking about wanting a third center. They listened to, the Clippers listened to yesterday's episode. Yes. They heard us pleading for a third center. And so we're looking at signing Boogie to a 10-day contract. Which seems pretty much, for all intents and purposes, like it's going to happen, right? Yes. I mean, I think 10-day will happen. Do you think that he ends up making it beyond those 10 days? I think we maybe give him a couple 10-day contracts. Okay. I think it's this thing. We don't know how long Serge is out. Definitely. So, definitely. like, to me right now, it's a stopgap. Because we have so many is games. Is it, though? But so that's the issue. But if Serge is just out for a long time, yeah, he's just our he's just our backup center. My thing is, I guess, I just don't see him addressing really the issues that we have down Serge. Right. So, will he be better than Patrick Patterson is, ba- is the question with this signing. Maybe. I like it. <laughs> I mean, so like looking, <laughs> looking at their numbers, just uh, I'm giving DeMarcus Cousins here the benefit of the doubt, and I'm including his, uh, he had a pretty good season that 19 to 20 year. Yeah. Or no, the year before he was out. Because he was out last season. Whatever. The Suffered season, some horrible injuries. The season before the ACL. Yes. Um, I'm including that up, at, up through his tenure with the Rockets. And I mean, you know, he's definitely the more gifted scorer. I mean, his passing out of the post would really be incredible if we yes. can if we can sort of use that. I mean, he's averaging like three assists a game. Um, his passing is, is good. Like I, that's what I like about the boogie signing. Yeah, which is really solid in terms of like efficiency from the floor. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is, I mean, expectedly much worse at three, uh, marginally yeah. better in two point range. Sure. Yeah, I don't want DeMarcus taking any threes for this team. He's not going to play a whole bunch. You don't think they got DeMarcus to jack up a couple of threes to stretch to try to stretch the defense a little? I don't think so. Cause we I have, hope not. Because I was going to say, because we have Zoo who does the complete opposite of that, and the offense still looks pretty damn good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then looking at both these guys, I mean, like, in terms of per 100 possessions, I, you know, I don't know how much onus you put on that, but they're both about the same. They're both roughly a plus three. Yeah. Um, and well, it's funny because you look at Patrick Patterson's offensive rating from 2019 to now, it's at 114, Yeah, which is the perfect example to show someone why offensive rating is the team's stat. For sure. Um, 
And Boogie's is 106, but his defensive rating is 103. So like, Which is, I mean, considering- Also a team stat. Also a team stat, but considering, you know, the tenure on the Rockets, I still feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at like this signing. It's like off the court At this stuff point aside. in their careers, both of these guys are like, I mean, I don't know, maybe league level replacement, maybe to slightly, yeah. maybe to slightly above upside wise. For sure. I'm not mad at the signing. We needed a third big. Yeah. Dwayne Dedman is still recovering um, from an injury, alas, which sucks. We still have another open roster spot. So, no, it's an interesting move. I also firmly believe that this move is genuinely a vibes play. A vibes play. Uh, Lawrence Frank on Saturday said, we just want to make sure that whoever we add there fits with the whole team vibes. Okay, yeah, well, that's important. Clips are very big on vibes recently. Luke Luke Kennard, mostly seemingly Luke Kennard and Lawrence Frank are very big on the vibes. We've talked about this even coming in the trade deadline. That like That's one of those things you had to consider going into the trade deadline is like, Whoever you bring into this locker room, they better I mean, fit. there's yeah, there's huge implications on on how that fits or doesn't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think that he will fit. I mean, he wants to win. Um. You know, he did his best for the Warriors and would have done his best for the Lakers if he wasn't injured. And then he was on the Rocket. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, what are we looking for him to do? Is it just kind of so? Like, he's not I mean, going to play very a, much. He's not a very good defender, so that's not. That's what I'm a little worried about. Like that doesn't really help anything out. I um, think he's better than Patterson. Patterson can't do a whole lot other than jack up threes. Yeah, that's fair. If he's better than Patterson, and he I'm, makes them. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. If like, he's even Patterson makes if them. he's even marginally better, if he can be marginally better than Patterson on defense, then that's already a win. Right? Yeah, it's a ten day I mean, contract. There's no risk. Like. He's With not all, locked up for next year or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thirsty for this to work out. Yeah. I mean, I think the possibility is there. And I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you get him a little bit involved in, like, the playmaking to keep him engaged. You know, you can get a couple yeah. assists or whatever. Um, Jamarcus Cousins randomly had a game where he got, like, five assists and, like, ten minutes of play. I'd be hyped. I mean, that'd be nuts. That's worth the ten minute. That's worth the ten-day contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think he's on this roster heading into the playoffs? Dude, I hope somebody is. Yeah. Right? We've talked about this. Like, we just need... Bo- we need... The Clippers are at a need bodies point. Yeah. I mean, in the season. It's kind of absurd. We only signed one... We only heard rumors of one guy being signed to the team right now. Like, well, we have the space. That's the thing, too, with it only being a 10-day that kind of surprises me. Like, maybe they're thinking someone else is going to become available. Like, I'm not really sure what... I think what it might the, be an injury insurance thing. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. gets hurt. Yeah, that's fair. But the thing is, dude, like, if Serge misses extended time, this is where it gets dicey. Yeah. Because then, like, Serge misses extended time, and then Boogie looks pretty good, and then we, like, lock Boogie up, and then it's like, okay, like, let's do it, I get. Like, I mean, we'll we're still here have, for it. We'll still have one open roster spot. You know? Yeah. So, but are they even going to use it? That's what's so weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's what we're overall thirsty for. Is like, can we just fill the roster? Let's just have bodies. We got. We we have we have continually four dudes out. Sometimes <laughs> five. We uh, have a we have a guaranteed DNP in Oturu. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. But that's just how it is. Um, this goes into kind of the next thing that I'm thirsty for: just guys to be healthy at the right time. I know we've probably said this 365 days ago or whenever the last time the Clippers were going through a horrible injury situation. Um, But I think, like, this is weird, but, like, the team across the hall, 
they're going through some rough injuries. I mean, the Nets, the Sixers, we talked about this on yesterday's yeah. show, but like this isn't exclusive to us and it sucks. And I think that it's going to be exacerbated this season just with, you know, the short amount of training camp, mm -hmm. the compressed schedule, which I, I mean, I got to be honest, man, there are times that I'm wondering like, what the hell was the Players Association thinking? What were they thinking? I'm going to be honest, sometimes the days run together. We do this podcast five days a week. We watch every game and some days. I'm like, I don't know how players are doing it. Yeah. This shit just feels I'm bad. tired. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> like we love doing this. Oh yeah. It's one of those things where you're really like, all right, another game. Let's get it. Well, like, and I'm just I'm, happy the Clippers I'm have only, two days rest between uh, the last game and the Nuggets game. I mean, I mean, it's a rarity. We need it. It's a rarity. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I'm only emotionally invested. You know, I'm not physically playing on the floor. So... Yeah, I don't know. It seems very difficult is all I'm saying. Seems difficult. Glad we got another glad we got another center. Yeah. We've been pleading for a third center. I'm happy about it. Gonna be interesting to see what happens after the 10 day is up. Have <laughs> these last two moves for the Clippers been the most kind of head scratching moves in the last, I don't know, four, four years, three years, four years? Rondo won, maybe. Because mm -hmm. it literally kind of hinges on if we win the championship, because the whole idea is that playoff Rondo will come back mm -hmm. and will help power us to pass the second round. Yeah. The Cousins one, just because it's a 10-day, I'm like, eh. It's kind of whatever yeah, for you. Yeah. Like, eh. I mean, it's kind of like similar to the Joaquin thing, uh, except yeah. for then we did That's have, what kind of, it's going to be Boogie's role, but I think he'll play more. I was going to say, except for then we did have two healthy centers, so. Well, and Doc like refused, even when we didn't, Doc would like refuse to play Joaquin. It's like, well, can we just get some run? Like, yeah. what's going on? Um, the Rondo one's a little weird. We're still waiting for him to get back healthy. I'll tell you what, if Rondo just misses the next, if Rondo misses his whole homestand, I'll be like, this is a very head-scratching move because this fool is hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not mad at either one. I hope Boogie can come in and contribute. Definitely. Definitely. Hmm. All right, so coming up next, we're going to talk about a couple of former Clippers, what they're up to, what they're yeah, thinking. Ups and downs. Some ups and downs. <laughs> but first, got to let you know about Bet Online. They bring What's you the show. They're fabulous. It's the only place we trust to place bets online. Oh, yeah. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. But BetOnline doesn't just cover sports. Nope. They cover awards, TV shows, even reality TV. Hell yeah. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Mm. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Awesome. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks, sports book experts don't forget to use that promo code locked on oh yeah and while you're betting go ahead and see if they got odds on the built bar uh madness going on what's that we've been telling you about built bar it's a fantastic tasting protein bar um 100 chocolate on every single bar which i like i like being tricked into eating healthy food on most of the bars sometimes they have some cake flavors now where there's a vanilla Ooh, i'm not mad at that at all um right now it is built bar madness like we just said cookie dough chunk has made the finals Mm. makes sense that was my pick don't want to toot my own horn but beep beep you know um it's either gonna meet mint brownie or chocolate brownie chunk is it gonna be battle of the chunks might be i think it's i think i think coconut brownie chunk is just all gonna, chunk finals <laughs> let's do it nothing wrong with that um who do you think wins cookie dough chunk or coconut brownie chunk i gotta go with 
my taste buds, and that's going to be coconut brownie. Got to be crunch. true to yourself. That makes total sense. Um, sure. I think it will too, because coconut pretty well represented in this bracket. It's good. I think it's good. it's good. I like it better in candies, especially on something that's healthy, like a Bill Bar. Yeah. Than just, you know, I'm just Snowballs. not on a regular. Yeah. Or I'm just not on a coconut, you know. Um, go to BillBar.com or go to bar underscore Bill on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BillBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Okay, so we're back with shavings, which if you're unfamiliar, it's just kind of where we wrap up everything else around the Clippers and around the league. So Lou Will recently has had some things to say about his tenure with the Clippers. All good things, which was great. Yeah, all good things. I mean, understandably so. He wasn't super excited after the trade. <laughs> he informed the team uh, that, you know, it, it would take a few days. I love that. After his arrival, just, you know, he wanted to be a positive, he wanted to be in a positive place and be a positive influence for the locker room. And that is the thing. That's that a I, vet move. That's a vet move. And that's the kind of thing that I love about Lou Will. Yes, that's a move that, like, I moved a lot as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know, start school at weird times and stuff like that. I wish I could have gotten a couple of days to just get my mind right. You know? Like, yeah. so you come in, you're feeling fresh, you're feeling excited. I like this move. Um, yeah. He had kind of a rough quote. He said, seems as though guys want me here, so I'm ready to get back to work and make this push. That kind of hurt my heart a little bit. In I just a good think, way. I, I just, I don't think that he's necessarily saying that people didn't want him there. Uh, in the Clippers locker room, I think he just wasn't sure what the level of appreciation or excitement would be right. from a new team. Totally. He, fair. he at this point, kind of knows, you know, he, he knows what He's he was getting around. in this locker room. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you know, it, it, for, for the four years that he was here, I mean, that's a long time in this locker room at this point. That's true. I mean, Bev's the longest tenured one, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Damn. Um, he talked about Bev, too. Um Said uh, Pat Bev called him the other day, a little emotional that his locker was empty. Pat and I were the longest senior guys on that group. We were there four years. We were on the team that they expected us not to make the playoffs. And we put that group on our backs and we battled a very talented Golden State team. That was such a fun year. That was such a fun year. And I think the year before kind of gets lost too because it was like pre-Shea when we were... I it mean, was the birth of Trez for the most part. Like that's when we first started seeing these, these Trez-Lou pick and rolls. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Lou, I mean... He, I, I don't know. He was the most exciting part of the team that year. I mean, it was fun to watch yeah. some some of the young young guys, but it T. was Wall Lou and, and, and Cinderius. But yeah, it was yeah. Lou and Milos, of course. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is crazy too because Lou and Bev had their lockers on opposite sides of the room. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, which I like because yeah. that means there was definitely some friendly across the room yelling, which is something that should be embraced. I think in every setting, definitely. Just some friendly, like, what are you doing over there? Like, just some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget seeing Lou sing Old Town Road when it first came out. Man, yeah, after a bad loss. After a horror, I think that was a loss. He was like, sometimes you just get the shit kicked out. Yeah, I think like it was that. a loss to the Rockets that year. That was, yeah. Yeah, like fucking Chris Paul like hucked up a three from half court to end the first half. And, and, and I was, just knew it was over. Um, he talked about the Clippers franchise, culture being in the hands of the young guys, which is awesome. He's been a great vet to everybody. Um, he said, I think we put a lot of things in place that will carry on with a lot of the young guys that they brought in from Shea to Terrence to Zoo. Those are guys that we put a lot of heart and just a lot of courage and confidence in those guys, which is awesome. You know, he, he helped the seeds of Lou will, will help this Clippers organization for many years to come based on how well Terrence and Zoo have been. 
Yeah, I mean, playing. I think it's just interesting thinking about, you know, the impact that he had on the young guys. I mean, Shea, you look at where Shea is now. I mean, is Shea the player that he is right now if he doesn't have the mentorship of Pat Beverly and Lou Williams? I mean, obviously the talent was there, but I think that they're he I think that both Lou and Pat got him over a mental hurdle that yeah. was kind of stopping him early in his career. It was career. Doc's fault. Yeah. I mean, partially, <laughs> but like it's, you know, you gotta learn to trust in yourself and you gotta know that your teammates trust in you. And I think that that goes a long way. hundred percent. Um, hope Lou does well in Atlanta, you know? Yeah. Um, JJ Redick just on his way out from New Orleans, just letting it go. Just yeah. Just popping the truck. Yeah. So we talked about being kind of blindsided by the trade of the Mavericks. He views the Mavericks as a good organization, but they had never been in the conversation between him and management. Apparently, he didn't know. Yeah, apparently as early as November, uh, he had talked to management about a possible trade. A big sticking point for him was Drew leaving, which was, he said, I mean, along with you know him getting a pretty ripe contract from the Pelicans, like Drew was a reason that he went there because yeah. Drew is so versatile defensively. It kind of helps other things. He talked about Stan Van Gundy being very, you know, matchup based in terms of defense. Right. And he said, you know, in Orlando, it, it didn't really work for JJ. He's, you know, he has a negative wingspan. He's not, up a, against a, lot of is, is not a great defender. <laughs> he knew it would impact his playing time. Uh, and he just kind of felt like overall he was never spoken to with honesty by, uh, you know, Griffin there and the, and the Pelicans organization. Mm -hmm. They said that they would try to get him something closer to home. You know, his kids are Where's in. Where's he at? He, he lives in Brooklyn in the offseason. His kids are in school there. Is. Um, fancy mayonnaise or whatever you do and he ended up he actually he, he had he was on architectural digest he has a beautiful home i Anyways, hope he does uh <laughs> he just it, he's like renting it with like four other dudes for like 1800 a month <laughs> yeah but anyways like the way that they it was discussed with him if they couldn't find something closer because new orleans is much closer to brooklyn than dallas is yeah uh, that's fast <laughs> um we get some would, things right on this podcast they would try to work on a, a buyout or something and that you know didn't ever end up materializing he said something too about like how his like agents will like never trust anything the pelicans organization says again yeah weird way to go out i don't mean that on reddick i mean that on both sides this is a both sides basically we're staring at each other and we're hoping the other one's going to flinch first and neither flinched. Yeah. But ultimately one side has all the power, well, which is the issue with power dynamics. Uh, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing that's difficult too, right? Like JJ Redick at this point in his career is probably not the caliber of player who necessarily in, in the eyes of an organization gets right. to choose where he gets to go. And like the Pels, the same he didn't like lift the Pels to some plateau or anything like that, yeah, totally. which I'm not saying is a reason to not do this at all, but yeah. in their mind, they probably were like, well, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think Drew, like, I think the big thing that stuck out of this for me is just like, it kind of hits home once again, the reality of the trade deadline. Like I think NBA fans, all of us, we kind of start to get like almost bloodlust at the trade deadline. Dude, Boogie and all found these out things. a couple years ago he was getting traded at the All Star break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, we get really excited, and I, I, I like these kind of stories because it does, you know, keep it grounded in that. Like, at the end of the day, man, sometimes even if it's good for your team, this is fucking up somebody's day. Yeah, this is ruining your day <laughs> and your extended life for the most part. Um, that about wraps it up for this Locked On Clippers episode. Friday, we're going to have a recap of that hopeful win versus the Nuggets. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a fun game. Preview of the upcoming brunch game versus the Lakers on Sunday. I'm giving a double thumbs up. Love it. Love Mary Quarantine. And then, of course, whatever else happens to me now and then in Clipperland. Where can these fantastic listeners tell anyone else to hear us? 
You can check us out or the people that you're telling to check us out can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. I think we're on radio or whatever that other one is called. Uh, But anyways, yeah, please subscribe if you haven't already. It really helps us out. As we mentioned up top, we bring this to you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have your listen. That's a good time. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.